Hello, folks, and welcome to the weekly podcast of Independent Methodist Church in Macon, Mississippi. We hope that this message will bless your heart, draw you closer to Jesus Christ, and help you in your daily walk as you seek to serve our Lord. Take your Bible and turn to the first chapter of Luke this morning. Luke chapter 1. Is it on now? Okay. Title of the message this morning is In His Presence. In His Presence. The story was told of a little girl who was about four years old and she went with her grandmother and she got to go to big church for the first time. And so she was sitting there in big church and sitting there with her granny and the preacher began to pray. He said, thank you, O Lord, for your presence. And her eyes got wide. She said, granny, did we get presents? She said, no, baby, we're not talking about that presence. And we're not talking about that presence this morning. You know, there are times in our lives when unexpected news, unexpected circumstances come upon us and it kind of catches us off guard. It seems so many times the holidays can amplify those problems. Merle Haggard wrote a song that became popular in 1973. If we make it through December... Everything's going to be all right, I know. That's one of my favorites this time of year. We've actually got a, picked a Merle Haggard record up from the antique store a while back, and uh, so I ran a needle through that not long ago. If we make it through December, everything's going to be all right, I know. We, this time of year, we get overwhelmed. We feel overworked sometimes, underappreciated. We overspend, we overeat, we overcommit ourselves to visits and family travels, different things like that. And Satan just loves to use that to his advantage. If we make it through December, things are going to be all right, I know. That's what Merle's saying. Sometimes we want to just fast forward from about the 15th of November to right after the first of the year. I know I've felt that way many times, and maybe many of you have too. We just want to fast forward. Satan loves to use that to his advantage to draw our attention away from what really matters. An unknown author penned this poem. It says, I got up early one morning and rushed right into the day. I had so much to accomplish that I didn't take time to pray. Problems just tumbled about me, and heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me, I wondered. He answered, you didn't ask. I tried to come into God's presence. I used all my keys at the lock. God gently and lovingly chided. Why, child, you didn't even knock. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but they toiled on gray and bleak. The day toiled on gray and bleak. 
I wondered why God didn't show me. He answered me, but you didn't seek. Sometimes we get caught up in all the holiday things going on and we forget the main reason for the season. In the 1700s, Isaac Watts penned that hymn that we sang earlier, Joy to the World. And we, this time of year we sing it in church. We hear it playing over the loudspeakers in the shopping malls and different places. And it can't be disputed that the coming of Jesus into the world brought joy. It can't be disputed. It certainly did bring joy back then. The angels proclaimed that on the night of His birth in Luke chapter 2 and verse 8 through 14. And I'm going to read this from the King James Version, which we, most of us, grew up hearing and learning. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Just as the coming of Christ brought joy over 2,000 years ago, it still brings joy today. His coming still brings joy today, especially to those of us who know Him personally. Psalm 16 and verse 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence. Our Lord invites us to come into His presence today. To stay in His presence tomorrow and in the future. And enjoy that hope and peace and joy that only He can give. The passage we're going to be reading from this morning is Luke chapter 1. We're going to start there in verse 26. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. God's Word says this, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, 
and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Continuing on in verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been, faith, been, for he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has lifted the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Even as he said to our fathers, Mary stayed with Elizabeth, Elizabeth for about three months, and then she returned home. This morning we're going to look at the events of the life of Mary. And I hope to bring out three things that we can apply to our lives as we look at this story. Mary was a young virgin girl. She was a virgin. She was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph who was of the line of David. She faced some news and some circumstances that were tough. We're going to see how she kept her mind fixed on things above and experienced the joy of His presence. First thing I want us to notice there in that passage is what I call surrender expressed. She expressed her surrender to God's will. Here was this young girl. Scholars say she was probably 15 or 16 years old. And she is surprised by this visit from this angel. Now, I'm 47. I can tell you, if an angel came, showed up in my bedroom and started talking, I'd be a little bit terrified. As I imagine, Mary was terrified. Matter of fact, the angel says, don't be afraid. And once she kind of gets over the shock and surprise of having Gabriel, this angel there, then he gives her the message that he was sent to deliver. You're going to have a baby. It's going to be a boy. You're going to name him Jesus. Oh, and by the way, he'll be called the Son of the Most High God. God's going to give him the throne of his father David, and he'll reign forever. And it's interesting to me what Mary's response was. Now, like I said, if somebody laid all this on me, I'd have a lot of questions. When? Why? No. That's not what Mary said. Mary's response, she said in verse 34, how will this be since I'm a virgin? She just wants to know how this is going to happen. She knew she was a virgin. She knew that she had not done anything wrong. And 
So, Gabriel gives you a little clearer perspective on what's going to take place there in verse 35. He says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And if that wasn't enough, he doubled down and said, you know, also your cousin Elizabeth, who is supposed to be barren, is going to have a son in her old age. And oh, by the way, she's six months along. And he says that next statement, nothing is impossible with God. That's such a powerfully true statement. Nothing is impossible with God. We experience some problems sometimes. Maybe there's some problems in our family relationships. Maybe there's some problems in relationships with people at work or friends. And we think this is an impossible situation. We may deal with some type of addiction, whether it be drugs or alcohol, or we may be dealing with pornography or maybe teen pregnancy. But we look and we say, there's just no way. This is, this is too hard for me. There's nothing impossible with God. That's what, that's what Gabriel said to Mary, and that's what he says to us today. There's nothing impossible with God. We're reminded in our everyday life that we just laid at His feet. There's nothing impossible. Everything is possible with God. Watch Mary's response here. Her surrender expressed there in verse 38. She simply says, after this has all been laid in her lap, she says, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. She surrendered. She expressed her surrender. Now, there's some debate as to whether or not she was, when she became pregnant. I sort of lean toward the thinking that once she said, let it be done, let your will be done, as she said here, when she surrendered to his will, I don't think it was too long after that, maybe a matter of hours or days, that she conceived the Lord Jesus. Just like Mary, we have a choice to make each and every day. God's will is laid out before us in his word. We can glean some insight into His will through prayer and, and through meditating on His Word. And we've got a choice to make, just like Mary. We can surrender our lives to Him and say, yes, Lord. We can say, your will be done, which is what Mary said. You know, Jesus bowed in the Garden of Gethsemane when He was about to be betrayed. He said, Father, may this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. But sometimes we get that reversed, don't we? We say, not your will, God, but mine. Not your will, but mine be done. But with Mary, we see her express her submission to God's will. We see her surrender expressed here. And as a result, we see that the next thing in this young girl's life and the life of those around her, we see joy exclaimed. Joy exclaimed. Mary walks, she says she gets ready and hurries to Elizabeth's house in the other neighboring town. She walks in and she just simply says hello. And immediately the Holy Spirit of God takes over. Remember, Mary has conceived and so she's carrying the Lord Jesus in her womb. Elizabeth is six months pregnant with John the Baptist. And we see there that 
Elizabeth, the baby in Elizabeth's womb, John the Baptist leaps for joy upon Mary entering the house. And we see that the, Elizabeth is overcome with the Holy Spirit. You see, they were in His presence. The Lord Jesus came into that house. He was in Mary's womb. They were in His presence. And oh, the joy that was exclaimed. John the Baptist, doing all he could do, being in the womb, he leapt for joy. He leaped for joy. And then Elizabeth exclaims. And she says, in a loud voice, the Bible says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now let me ask you a question. Who told Elizabeth that Mary is pregnant? Who told Elizabeth? The Holy Spirit did. Who told Elizabeth that the baby that Mary is carrying is the Lord? The Holy Spirit did. Who told Elizabeth that Mary had been visited by an angel and she had submitted and surrendered to God's will? The Holy Spirit did. So Elizabeth is filled with this joy, filled with this filled with the Holy Spirit and it gives her joy. We see here that Mary has surrendered to the will of God and because of her willingness to express her surrender, it affects those around her. They had joy and they were exclaiming this joy. It's the same with us. When we say yes to the will of God and we surrender, and we begin doing His will, it affects those around us. We have joy when we say, yes, Lord. As we spread that joy, it affects those around us. And they too catch on to that joy as they're in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. You thought about the, the story of the man on the road to Emmaus. Luke chapter 24, when Jesus has been resurrected and the men were walking to the town of Emmaus and they were discussing the things that had happened and says Jesus came up beside them and started walking along, but they didn't recognize Him. And He walked with them and He talked with them and He shared with them the Scriptures. And they begged Him to come on and, and eat with them. And they sat down and broke bread together. And, and as they were sitting there breaking bread, then their eyes were opened and they recognized Him. And after He left them, after they, He disappeared, they said, didn't our hearts burn within us as He talked with us and walked with us along the way? They had that joy. They had that inexpressible feeling inside because they were in His presence. They were in His presence. Now, like I said, when you and I surrender to the will of God, it's not only going to bless us, it's going to bless others. And that joy is going to spread. It's going to spread. We've got here that we see that Mary's joy was exclaimed later on there in verse 46. He, she says, this is called Mary's song in my Bible. It says, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has been mindful of the humble estate, humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. 
We have the surrender expressed. We have joy exclaimed. Lastly, I want us to see we have salvation experienced. Salvation experienced. God has saved Mary. We see there in verse 47, she says, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She knows that God is her Savior. She knows that. And later on there in verse 50, it says, His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. That's us. That's those who fear, those who fear the Lord and come to Him by faith. Experience salvation. Romans 10 and verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. 1 Peter 1 and verse 8 sort of wraps it all up for us. Surrender, express, joy exclaimed, and salvation experience. Listen to 1 Peter 1 and verse 8. Peter writes, Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That's surrender. That's joy. And lastly, salvation of your souls. That one verse there wraps up all three points for us. Surrender expressed. Joy exclaimed. Salvation experienced. When we surrender all and ask Jesus to come into our heart and into our life, and we receive Him by faith, then we're filled with that inexpressible and glorious joy that Peter talks about in, in that verse we just read, chapter 1, verse 8. And we experience that salvation of our souls. So that when our time is on earth is over, and we step through that door of eternity, then we'll experience the word, what words cannot express, joy that words cannot express, that inexpressible and glorious joy because we're in His presence for all eternity. Let's pray. Father, we just, uh, we're so thankful for the love that You have for us, Lord, and for the, the joy that You give us when we come to You by faith and surrender our will to Yours. Father, help us to do that this week. Help us to share the joy that we have with others as we approach this Christmas season. And Father, help us to be witnesses for you. Spread your good news all around the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.